Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, that is Vince Tagliavia, this is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I, we fixed it. We fixed a problem. So for those who don't know, we went in about another five minutes and, and it just didn't work. So apologize for that, but we're back again. And let's get the show on the road. We just showed this video that Trump played and I was just commenting on it. It was uh, from Rumble, but it was uh, God bless the USA. And in the backdrop, it was all the Hollywood actors like applauding it and stuff. So it was actually pretty good because it was all the liberal Hollywood actors that absolutely hate Donald <laughs> Trump. So I had a lot of uh, of road time this week. So I drove from Denver to uh, Delano, Minnesota. And uh, in, in my travels, I typically just listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time I'm like, you know, I got to get a lot of podcasts I got to get caught up on. And so I was listening to some various different economic podcasts, which I haven't done in a while. And uh, I, I, was, I listened to three different podcasts, okay, talk yeah. about three different things. And every single thing that they were talking about was 100% spot on. And there were warnings. So, you know, one, one was Greg Manorino. Um, I love him. Greg Manorino is cool. And there's a a few others. So I I started putting it together and I started taking notes driving, right? So taking audio notes while driving. Um, But, you know, this is interesting because it ties in to Elon Musk. And well, hear this out. Mm -hmm. So Elon Musk just laid off what? 90% of his workforce? Oh, yeah. Right. They had 75,000 employees. Now they got 7,500. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Elon Musk just laid off. Okay. So why did he do that? Saves money for one. Yes. Then he turned on subscriptions, right? Yes. So that makes money. So saves money and makes money. Okay. Back in June, the majority of the financial institutions, big banks, and so forth came out and said that there's going to be mass layoffs within Fortune 500 companies by the end of the year. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Um, Just recently, J.P. Morgan Chase, as well as Goldman Sachs and multiple other institutional bankers came out and said that we are headed towards a massive crisis economically, globally. Um, if you start looking at the mortgage numbers, right? Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase are upside down billions of dollars this last quarter because of what's happening with interest rates and inflation and the collapse of the mortgage market. Right. Okay. So my thoughts on this is that the next, the next FTX is going to be the big banks in wall street. Okay. People. Yeah. Because people will lose confidence in it and. It'll crash right. the value immediately when everyone starts pulling out. And I think that the fourth quarter numbers, if they don't fudge them, is going to be a, a replication of this. So hmm. when I started looking at Elon Musk, what he was doing, you know, why didn't anybody talk about how Facebook just laid off thousands of people? How come nobody's yelling at all these other companies, Amazon? And Amazon's a great one to kind of get into in what I'm about to talk about. You ever heard of what's called a bullwhip? Uh, no, I don't okay. think I have. It sounds familiar, but no, so I tell you. there's two major, there's three major pending global economic crises going on right now. Hmm. They're going okay. right in sequence with each other. They're directly related to each other. Okay. And if one collapses, the others go as well. Okay. Yeah. What are they? So first of all, Amazon. So someone just said Amazon's let hmm. thousands go. They're about to let thousands more go. So <clears throat> think about it like this. This is the idea of a bullwhip, okay? A bullwhip? It's called a bullwhip, all right? I'm going to explain what a bullwhip is, and I'm going to use Amazon as an example, all right? Yeah. Okay, during COVID-19, okay, supply chains got disrupted, and people weren't going out and buying things. We know Amazon made record profits and stuff like this, but 
let's just imagine that during this time, and this is actually truthful, Amazon had about 850,000 employees. Okay? Okay. So they had about 850,000 employees, but business was kind of slow still because of COVID and, and supply chain disruptions and everything like that. When COVID started to subside, what did the government do to all the people who had been left, let go of their jobs, who weren't working, who were out of work? They, um, gave, they gave them money? They gave them money. Yeah. Right? This is how we got the V-shaped recovery under Donald Trump. Now, here's the beautiful yeah. thing about the V-shaped recovery under Donald Trump is that would have sustained and the economy would have kept on growing if GDP continued to increase and we didn't have supply chain disruptions and we didn't have the energy crises, which happened when Joe Biden came in, created 17 executive orders, and then the Ukraine-Russia conflict, okay? But that's besides yeah, the fact. Good. Yeah, not to mention Joe Biden stopping all of our uh Well, that's 17 energy. executive orders, right. Oh, okay, okay, that's what you're mentioning. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, yeah. so- we had the V-shaped recovery, and this is because the government stimulated the economy by giving people money, right? You got to remember, during that time that people were working, inflation was relatively low. It was like 3.4% on the way they calculated, right? So yeah. this means that the average person had, what, $500, $1,000 in savings during this time? Something they, like that, yeah. yeah. And they didn't have to break into the savings or anything like that. There, people, Most people, 85% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, Okay. And so we have this double fold effect. COVID happens, we have supply chain disruptions, the government has to stimulate the economy. They do that two ways. They do that one by releasing stimulus checks to you and me and everybody else to go out there and start spending money. And the second part, what they do is they bail out Wall Street. They start buying up mm -hmm. debt bonds, they start buying up their own debt. They, they, they basically print money that doesn't go on the balance sheet and they throw it into the liquidity markets because the liquidity markets are basically this is, this is something to understand. The liquidity markets are basically institutional banks. And what they do is they do overnight lending. So there's multiple different interest rates that are determined by the Fed rate. One of them is the overnight rate, okay? And this is quick and easy capital that's usually cheap that corporations like Amazon or, well, corporations that develop things and have to bring in raw materials and imports and exports, they need this capital to go out there and do this. Because if you're bringing in a billion dollars worth of raw materials from overseas, you don't necessarily have that capital free on hand. So you got to borrow it from a bank overnight liquidity. The bank gives you that money. You create the transaction that comes in. You pay it back with a small amount of interest over time. Okay. That market right there, the overnight liquidity market, the capital market is bankrupt. There's no money in it. It's gone. And since we have higher interest rates, nobody wants to tap into it because the interest is so high. Okay, mm. but during COVID, the Fed was basically pumping, uh, according to Glenn Beck and the research from his team. Yeah, the Fed would, it pumped in. You ready for this? They had to print yeah. this money, by the way. Okay, in 19 months. Yes, from COVID to uh, before Trump left, or from COVID to from when Joe Biden got into mid-year Joe Biden, they pumped okay. in over 110 trillion dollars into the liquidity markets. Okay, you, you have right. to understand the significance. You wanna know why inflation is this high right now? That's why inflation is that high right now because that money goes into circulation although it doesn't go into the balance sheet, right? Even It's printed, it's created. Okay, so this is what skyrocketed because of the liquidity crisis. Well, on top of the liquidity crisis, we had a supply chain crisis, okay? So we're coming out of COVID, right? And people get this money and they go out there and they start spending the money like crazy. People are getting hired back on jobs, right? And so companies like Amazon and other retail, Kohl's or, you know, Sears isn't even around anymore, Costco and stuff like that, they see people out there spending massive amounts of money over a six-month period. And so what do they do? Yeah. What's what? the president during this time saying? We need jobs. We need people to go back to work. So these companies, they do what? They're getting free government money to hire people. They start hiring people. So they, so Amazon, okay, hired over two hundred and fifty thousand people during this time. Okay? And they're all working from home. Well, bad delivery drivers and stuff like this. But think about this. So they they go out yeah. and hire thousands upon thousands and thousands. All these companies do because they see, well, man, the market's booming. Let, let's go hire people. 
Well, what was happening in the backdrop is the liquidity market was collapsing and the inflation rate was increasing with a decrease in the supply chain, a supply chain disruption, okay? So what happens is as inflation begins to rise and the supply chain decreases, prices skyrocket. So now mm -hmm. what do people start doing? And by the way, the money, the stimulus money runs out. So what do people start doing? What? They, they stop spending money. So you right. have this increase in spend. You have a hiring frenzy that goes on. Then all of a sudden, boom, no spending. But you're still hiring and you have these employees you got to pay. Well, you can't do that. Okay? And this is the bullwhip. Right? You throw it out and it comes back and smacks. Okay? So it goes up and then all of a sudden, crashes down. We're at that crash down point right now. Because there's something out there. So there's three points. Liquidity crisis, bullwhip, and tinstoffel. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Right? So basically, free government money flowed into the U.S. and the global economy, which produced a massive hiring frenzy amongst corporations because they were getting government subsidies along with this, which stimulated the economy for a short period of time. But eventually what happened is inflation from the printing of that free money, quote unquote, increased so much and the supply chain decreased so much that people stopped spending money. Not only that, is they no longer can afford to live, pay their bills, buy food, buy gas. Right. And at the same time, all those companies that just hired have to start letting people go. So that's bad. That's really bad. This is the bullwhip. Where so, are they going to go? So think about this. People are now going to start getting laid off. The cost of living is hyperinflated due, due to inflation. The supply chain is massively damaged. Okay, we don't have enough stuff coming in and the prices of that stuff is incredibly high. The inflation, the cost of the buying power of the dollar is dramatically reduced. And at the same time, people are going to lose their jobs. This is the bullwhip. Okay. And this is scary from the point of view of what they want, which is essentially socialism and communism and the Great Reset, because to a younger person, this makes capitalism seem like a failure and the alternative of some communist regime more appealing. Well, and that's what they're going to try to do. Um, yeah. We saw Marcone today come out and say that it's time for a new global order, that this one has ultimately failed. And I laugh at that. When global leaders come out and say, oh my God, we, we need a new global economy and we need a new global government. Like you motherfuckers, you're the ones that got us here in the first place. Why the hell are we going to trust you with the centralization of power when the distributed powers, you can't even get the shit right. You're the ones that brought us to this point. And, and so I think people need to look at that aspect too. But on the economic aspect of this, okay, what do we see happening right now Globally, at least in Eastern Europe, Central Europe, Northeast United States, and the West and the South. Energy crisis. Energy crisis. And this is the key point to all of it, is this is only going to get exasperated. If you have one little piece of this puzzle fall apart, like let's say a rail strike, it's all going to come tumbling down. And a rail strike. Do you remember... I said, remember in September they came out, Joe Biden has come to a deal with the rail, with rail workers union and it's saved and there's going to be no strike. And I said, that's not going to last very long. No, it lasted a few days. Well, it lasted a few weeks and now we're back at the table because the news came out today and said that they, they're, they didn't come to an agreement again and that the rail workers are going to protest. Not good. And so at the rail workers protest, what, are, what is one of the primary things that rail workers carry? Fuel. Coal. Energy. And fuel. Energy. Okay. Now, how does, how does energy get distributed around the country? Through the grid. Well, or through train and semi-tractor trailer, right? Yes. What do both yep. of those operate on? Diesel yes, fuel. Diesel. Diesel fuel is at the, the national um, backup supply is at less than 15%. Okay. There's a massive diesel, diesel shortage. And if they go on strike, that means that there's going to be no diesel for the semi trucks, which means that um, intercontinental shipments of supply chain is going to be disrupted. 
I'm telling you, this is not a good situation here. It's, it's a fragile system. And that halts everything. That means, you know, if we didn't have diesel, we could probably go for a week or two, I believe the numbers are, with our current storage. That's like if we stopped production and stopped shipping it 100%. Mm-hmm. We could go a week or two. After that, it only takes a couple days before grocery stores are empty. It, it, you're right. And grocery stores and, is empty. And then how about this? Coal. How, how, the mm-hmm. average the average electrical plant in your area, where you get your electricity from, Excel or whoever they are, they're coal plants. They burn coal unless they're nuclear. They're mostly burning coal. You're about, I feel like go chopping down another tree. <laughs> you might want to. Yeah. I mean, this hit me this week. I mean, I was listening to the three different podcasts, and each one, one was talking about the liquidity crisis and how that's going to bring yeah. down the economy. One was talking about there's no such thing as a free lunch, mm-hmm. right? And the other was talking about the bullwhip. And oh, so in the, how this comes about. So do you remember the movie The Big Short? Yeah. Michael Burry? He's predicted every single major economic decline in the last 20 years, starting in 2008. Yep. Or 12 years. Nobody else. Yeah. 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 And nobody else was saying anything. And he was spot on in 2008 when everybody was saying, you're a kook. Yep. And so he he did it again in 2010. He did it again in 2013, 2019. And he just came out and said, bullwhip. He goes, I'm shorting the market. These are my positions. I exited completely out of the market. And if you go into any of the other markets and start looking, you're going to see people on a mass exodus. Crypto was just the first one to start going because that the one with FTX and stuff like that were actually running Ponzi schemes. Um, so the corruption took place first and that's how that collapsed. But so now we're coming into the actual markets, which is an even bigger Ponzi scheme, mass manipulation. And Michael Burry's coming out and saying, this is going to be the worst financial collapse in the history that we've ever seen. And, and I believe it, it makes me wonder, you know, these big players, like, let's say, you know, your Nancy Pelosi's and your multimillionaires who have a lot of money in the markets, let's say, or this, uh, or whoever, right. Let's say they do short the market. They position themselves. They get all their money and they, they're shorting the market and they're buying assets. Let's say the market crashes. Their predictions are right. And they make just thousands fold their initial risk and investment because the market crashes. Do they actually get that money in a full SHTF situation? Or is it just going to be like, <laughs> nobody gets their money, great reset, sorry, you're all screwed, and does everybody get screwed over? Because, you know, so that that's a worthless. great question, and I have an answer for you, okay? Yeah. You ever heard of a company called Forex.com? Yeah. Okay, Forex.com. Currencies. That's right, foreign exchange currencies. Do you remember Brexit? Yeah. Okay. There was a lot of people that had short positions during Brexit. Okay. When the uh, when the euro crashed, they made millions off of a few hundred dollar investments. They're still in litigation to get paid. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. And they'll probably what that company did, that exchange did is since the liabilities, the amount of people short, exceeded cash on hand, they're up. So basically, what the, so for anybody who doesn't know, whenever you're in a derivatives market and you're going short on something, typically if you're uh, in a short position like in options, you have to hold that amount of stock in that position in order to do that. You have to cover your own liabilities, right? Mm-hmm. When the you're, people that write the contracts have to pay you if right. they, it goes back and forth. It's with the majority of these exchanges, especially foreign currency, Ameritrade, whoever they are, um, if you're in the derivatives market, there is no back-end liability. The person usually taking that opposite position from you is the exchange, and they don't have the, anything to cover that. And it's so a fugazi a, system. It's a obviously. fugazi system. That's why we got a, you know, $300 trillion in in liabilities within the derivatives market that are basically unsubstantiated. And this is where it's all going to start coming down and collapsing. And so what we're going to see is a lot of people take short positions. Those exchanges don't have them covered. When it crashes, they're just going to go bankrupt and say, sorry. And those people are screwed. 
And here's the thing is they're actually collecting the money on the backside by the selling of the actual assets that they have. Yeah. So no, most people won't get paid off of something like that. But right now, we are headed towards massive global economic collapse. And this is by design from these people. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty obvious when you look at it that it's by design. And then, you know, the United States, what are they doing? How, how much are they giving to Ukraine? Oh, my gosh. Today they announced $4.5 Yeah, $4.5 in economic aid for Ukraine will begin in the coming weeks, according to U.S. Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen. Just more money for them to embezzle back into another crypto company, back into the Democrats' pockets. Dude, this is just I, – I can't believe that we as American citizens sit here and just allow this absolute racket to take place. Amen. That's what it is. It's a fucking racket. 100% a racket. Our politicians, and I don't care if they're left or right or center of the line, I don't care. They are stealing your money and my money. They are, firstly, they're unconstitutionally taxing you. Then they are taking that tax money and they are sending it overseas to basically banks country banks, these banks distributed to various nonprofits, NGOs, companies, corporations, and then those companies funnel it right back into their freaking pockets. Mm -hmm. And they don't track it. Nope. And they don't track it. Or at least they don't share that information with you. Why would they tell you? Right. Us. There's absolutely no accountability for tax dollars in this country. And that's the thing is if we're going to pay taxes, how about some accountability? It, that's one thing for my constitutional amendments. If there's going to be taxes laid on the American people down to every penny must be accounted for to that person in direct assignment. And that can be done through blockchain. That's the beautiful thing. Beautiful, dude. I, I, I really expect 100% uh, auditability on that. And there's no excuse this day and age not to have that. Well, and people should be able to you know, see that right now with just regular dollars, but you're not going to see it. And that's what's horrible about this. And here you go. HP, Hewlett Packard says it's slashed up to 12% of its workforce, 4,000 to 6,000 employees with a sharp slump in demand for personal computers expected in the stretch of the next few years. And the interesting thing about this is this isn't something that's going to be over in like six months. Mm -hmm. So now to Elon Musk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. How is this how is he tying into all this? Well, so Elon Musk buys Twitter. And yeah. what's he do with it? What? He, he reduces 90% of the workforce and then includes a subscription program all before mm -hmm. this collapse happens. So he reduces okay. the liabilities of the company, increasing its gross revenue. Yeah. Right before the collapse ever happens, now he's getting rid of basically the companies who don't care to do business with him. He's only going to have loyal companies in there. He's going to offer them deals. He's got eight dollars a month subscriptions that multiple people are just eating up and taking. They're revamping mm -hmm. that in the sense of the services they can give people. They cut yeah. seventy five thousand or what is it sixty eight thousand or fifty thousand workers from their workforce. They think about that. That's Dude, a lot. Let's That's do the money. math right now because this is a Silicon okay. Valley company, okay? Yeah, I'd say they have an average salary. It has to be at least 50 to 70, probably no, more. Average salary, 100, 110. But we're just going to say $100,000 a year, okay? Um, you think on average it's that high? Yes. Hmm. In Silicon Valley? Absolutely. This is globally. Silicon Valley, New York City, everything, right? So yeah. let's say 50,000 employees times average salary of $100,000. Do you know how much that is a year? I don't know, no. $5 billion a year. $5 billion a year. Okay, now mm -hmm. add another 25% to that, okay? Okay. Another $1.25 oh, right. okay, for the amount of okay. taxes, the employee taxes they have to pay to the federal government and FICA and so forth. Uh-huh. Now include employee benefits, Okay. Double it. So right. Elon Musk in, in basically one fell swoop. What's your initial figure for the uh, annual pay for one of these employees? A hundred thousand. That we use? Yeah, that's about right. Okay, cool. Okay. So let's just assume, 
you know, each employee has full benefits. Each employee, Twitter's paying FICA, all these things for, right? They're getting their $100,000 salary plus bonus. <clears throat> he just saved that company about $10 billion a year. So, and it's operating fine. <laughs> yeah, and it's operating fine with 7,500 employees. So he just saved oh them $10 God. billion dollars a year right off the bat, okay? And then $8 subscriptions, and let's say that you have you know, 10 million people, that's $80 million new in, of new revenue. For that month. For that month, yeah. Tw- and they'll Twitter, probably redo the next month. Twitter's going to be Twitter's gonna be profitable within a year and a half. All that debt will be paid off. With, with just the salaries alone, that's one-eighth of the price he paid for it. Yeah, just if he adds monetization like it's getting floated around, yep. they're going to take a little bit off the top of that. That's just going to add to their daily revenue. Yeah. And so he did this, though, before the global economic collapse. So when the collapse actually happens, they're good to go. They're cash flow positive because everybody's going to be talking about it. It's the public forum, the community forum, right? Yeah. Now companies are going to want more so to get in front of an audience that's actually active. So they're going to advertise because that's where the majority of their marketing budget goes is advertising. So Twitter will be sustainable. They're going to go in there. They're going to start advertising. That's going to increase their revenue. And they only have 7,500 employees. Genius. He, he got ahead of the curve before it actually happened. He may maintain his wealth. And he probably maintained his wealth. And just think what's going to happen when he takes Twitter public again. My God. Yeah. So he might have lost all that money on Tesla. Doesn't matter. When he takes Twitter public, watch what happens. That thing is going to be 250 to $500 billion company. Guarantee it. But unbelievable. So... You know, kudos to Elon. Knows. You know, here's the thing, and I think it was Jack uh, Posovics that said this. He goes, to think that Elon Musk doesn't understand money as the wealthiest person. Oh, it was Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan mm-hmm. says it, it, that it's completely ignorant to believe that Elon Musk doesn't understand money. This guy understands money better than anybody in the world. That's why he's the wealthiest person in the world. Truth. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely the truth. This guy gets money. He knows how money operates. He's seeing everything that's happening in the back end, and he knows how to counter it. And this move that he made with Twitter is him countering it. Interesting, dude. Yep. But I would tell you guys, prepare. And I don't mean to put a pitch in here, but you know what? I'm going to. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Listen, getgoldtoday.com. Check them out. Give them a call, 720 720- Six zero five three nine zero zero. Let them know Josh or Vince from the Red Pill Project is the one that sent you. Get in there. If you have an IRA you want to switch over or open up, if you have a 401k you want to transfer in or got some cash laying around, call them. I'm telling you, uh, th- this shit is realer than you can ever imagine. Like I'm buying a house right now. Like we're the worst time to buy and sell. I'm selling one and buying one. Um, and, and you know what we're, our thinking actually is? What's that? To... If something happens where we can get out of this house, is just rent. Okay. And then wait to buy because the market's going to come down 20, 30%. You think so? Hmm. Oh, yeah. The real estate market? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's coming down. So, Joe Biden, did you see this? They extended the student loan repayment freeze until uh, yeah. June 30th, 2023, because we believe Bogus. that our uh, loan cancellation is legal. It's not, not even close. No, it's not. It's not even close to being close. Um, <laughs> They're just going to put it in their back pocket so that they need it. They need it for political gain later, and then it'll still be illegal. I, I just ask, you know, if it's legal, okay. If it's legal, show me where in Article Two it says it. Right? <laughs> it's like it's like Derek Johnson who says that an executive order is immediate law. Okay. Show me in Article 1, or sorry, show me in Article 2 where the president can make laws. The president of the United States is granted 128 executive powers through Congress. Only 13 of those require congressional oversight or overview or approval. Okay. 
the Supreme Court, Supreme Court of the United States of America, during the the um, the the case of Donald Trump versus Barack Obama's DACA policy. Do you remember this one? No. Remember DACA, where uh, um, if you were you know going to school here or whatever, mm-hmm. you got to stay here and you could become an American citizen. Barack Obama put this into play, yeah. and Donald Trump sued the Barack Obama, the federal government, over this executive order. He didn't sue it because he believed he could win. He sued because he wanted to the courts to come out with a definitive argument of what an executive order is and where the power truly lies. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now the Supreme court came out there and said, um, this is BS because DACA isn't law. It's an executive order, which means that it's only policy for the administration, for all the various departments of the government that are under the president. It does not correspond to any national law. States do not have to abide by it. If Congress wants to make it a law, this is part of the policy, they can produce a law pertaining to that executive order, which they have in the past. Period. Done. Precisely. Case closed. And Donald Trump knew this, right? So what that means is that no executive order that comes out is law. The president doesn't have the power to just pass a law. Only Congress has that legislative power. The same thing with the regulation of money, okay? The regulations and oversight of banks. That's congressional mm-hmm. power, not presidential powers. So President Biden and can't- not federal reserve powers. Right. So Biden can't come in and go to you know, Wells Fargo and say, hey, uh, those people, those loans, uh, they're, they're paid off. Just, just get rid of them. Cancel them out. He doesn't have the authority to do that. It has to go through Congress. And then the same thing with the law that was actually passed that goes in there and basically the, you, basically every single student loan that you take out is backed by the federal government. It's like a, Fre- a Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae okay. um, FHA loan, right? Yep. Is that the federal government comes in and approves it, gives it a stamp of approval and says, hey, look, if, if they default on it, you know, we'll go after them. <laughs> Is basically what that says. We'll go after them with a government authority and we'll take it out of their bank account directly. You don't have to worry about it. You'll get that money back. That's basically what happens when the federal government backs a loan. Um, well, since here's the thing is a president didn't put that in the power. Congress did. Congress is the one that passed that law, which means that Congress is the only one that can go back and say, hey, look, you need to cancel this, this debt, period. Mm-hmm. Man, it's good to be back. I, it's such a good <laughs> stress alleviation of just getting it all out, you know? Yeah, just man. talking about good. it. Glad you're back. All right. Oh, this was interesting. Uh, this is uh, App Store gatekeepers, Apple, Google Play, and Amazon could all decide to platform Twitter itself following Elon Musk's uh, commitment to free speech, according to a report. And this comes after the, uh, the head of Apple's App Store deleted his Twitter profile in protest. Yeah, what a crybaby. It's interesting. <laughs> Elon also accused Apple's Play Store of charging crazy amounts. And essentially, it's, he's like, it's like the 30, a 30% tax on the internet. It's absurd. It, it absolutely is. So. And, and he's absolutely right. This has been the biggest problem with uh, Apple App Store for the longest time. Is uh, so even with our stuff for social red pill because we have it where you can go through Apple. Yes, is that they tack on this surcharge? It's almost like fifty or sixty percent. Nuts. Yep, and it doesn't get less if you get like more subscriptions. It gets more. Um, it, it's pretty bad just to use their service. Ridiculous, dude. Yep. Um, where else we at? Um, did you notice like all the vax news is coming back now? All the Big mass time. requirements, Fauci, everybody's saying get jabbed. Oh, Fauci. Yeah. Saw his ugly mug today. I just saw this article earlier. I don't think I got it pulled up in front of me, but uh, the federal government, okay, is creating a mandate for nursing homes and old folks homes that they have to go through training on vaccinations. And if they have a low vaccination percentage within their nursing home, then there is an investigation open up into them on the state level and they have the possibility of losing all of their funding. You didn't see this? No, dude. What kind of crazy Cuomo... Cuomo policy game is this Cuomo that's that's fucking fascism that's socialism that's communism 
I'm that's what that is. Grand, yeah, the grandma's in New York. Yeah, let, uh, let me see if I can find it. I thought I put it on my Twitter. Nope, I only put it on my Telegram. Hold on. Wow. Hold on, I gotta. It's hard to do everything here because I don't have everything with me. Hold on, let me, let me get my Telegram. We'll get there. We'll okay, get there. There it is. So White White House announces new enforcement guidance on COVID nineteen vaccine mandates. The uh, the CMS will issue guidance today reminding healthcare providers, so all healthcare providers, of this requirement. The fact sheet said in its guidance, CMS will make clear that nursing homes with low vaccination rates will be referred to state survey agencies for close scrutiny and that facilities that do not comply with the requirement to offer and educate on the benefit of life-saving COVID-19 vaccinations will face actions, including the need to submit corrective action plans and achieve compliance. And it doesn't say it in here, but you can read through it that the other part of this is they will lose the ability for funding. Because you got to remember, the majority of those people in those nursing homes are what? Elderly? They're on Medicaid and Medicare. Yeah, they're dependent on the government. They're dependent on the government. And you'll see money move away because of that. Oh, my gosh. This is sick, dude. That's really sick. I didn't even realize that they were doing that. Yep. Oh, sick. And then what else do we have here? I I had a whole bunch of stuff. Oh. (laughs) Um, Sank. Did you see Sank today? Listen listen to this shit. Oh, yeah, I did see this. Young Turks. Let, let's listen to the Young Turks have a fucking meltdown. And the right wing's like, yes, I love how they molest the little kids like that. Go get them, Boy Scouts. Go get them, priests. Please vote for our molesters and our pedophiles, Republicans say. Republicans, you're guilty, okay? And I'll tell you right now, the number one reason they constantly talk about pedophilia is because it's going through their heads. Non-stop they're thinking about kids, I guarantee it. The reason Tim Pool wears a beanie is because he's trying to contain the pedophilia that's in his head. That's why he's always talking about it. He's seeing it everywhere, why? Because he's projecting. And the right wing's like, yes, I love how- I mean, seriously, come on with that. Oh, we lost Vince, look at that. And by the way, I wanna make a correction. It wasn't 75,000, it was 7,500 employees is what Twitter had. And they uh, let go of 3,700. So they let go of 3,700 people. So my apologies on that one. That was a massive difference. But it was uh, Amazon is going to, it was from another article, Amazon's going to probably let go of about 50,000 people. But Twitter had 7,500 employees and let go of 3,700. So correction okay. on that. So it was one third of their workforce. And thank you for the person on True Social who brought that to my attention. You're awesome. Uh, how about this one? Court orders CDC to release data showing 18 million vaccine injuries across the United States. More than 18 million people were injured so badly by their first COVID shot from Pfizer and Moderna that they had to go to the hospital. That's according to the CDC's own internal data, which the court just ordered the federal agency released to a watchdog group. Instead of alerting the public to the incredible dangers of these shots and completely shutting down Joe Biden's mass vaccination mandates, the CDC covered up the info until it was forced to release. Everyone in the position of authority at CDC should be fired and, I believe, go to jail and potentially be hung from this. The CDC started vaccine monitoring back uh, program back at the beginning of COVID uh, in 2020. As you might remember, the program was called vSafe. People were asked to install the vSafe app on their smartphone and then self-report if they have any negative effects from experimental mRNA shots, which were released to the public under the Emergency Use Authorization Act from the FDA. A lot of people were eager to help because world governments had scared many folks about the, uh, how deadly the virus was. Many thought that the COVID shots were medical miracles in the late 2020. More than 10 million people downloaded VSafe on their smartphone and then proceeded to get vaccinated. That's a huge sample size for the medical study. With 10 million people participating in the VSafe self-reporting system, it gives an extremely accurate statistical model to use when studying the 230 million Americans who have had at least one COVID shot. Oh my God, 230 million Americans. The CDC tr- tracked data in the vSafe program for the first 18 months of the vaccine's public availability up through July of this year. But then, strangely, the CDC never published any of the data from vSafe. 
Uh, we have to trust the CDC that they were not lying on this one, right? The CDC's main webpage about mRNA COVID shots still says, to this very day, COVID-19 vaccines are safe, effective, and free. And that's the very first sentence on their website, safe and effective. If that's true, why wouldn't they release the data until now? The following lawsuit by Informed Consent Action Network, ICANN, um, speaks for itself. Of the 10 million people who are participated in VSAFE, again, a massive sample size, 3.3 million reported adverse health impacts immediately after the first vaccination. That's 33% or one in three. Of those 3.3 million people, 1.2 million reported that they were unable to perform daily activities after the vaccination. 1.3 million reported getting so sick from the shots that they had to miss school or work, and about 800,000 people reported being hospitalized by their COVID-19 vaccinations. The last figure is the most worrisome, 800,000 hospitalizations out of 10 million. That's 8% hospitalization rate. It means that as many as 18 million Americans of the 230 people who received at least one shot were hospitalized with an adverse reaction. The study published in June of 2021 by the National Institutes of Health, where Tony Fauci works, found that the hospitalization rate from COVID-19 for the total population was 2.1%. If you were under the age of 40, the hospitalization rate fell to 0.4%. The four shots, the hospitalization rate has been 8%. This means you're four times like, uh, four times as likely to be hospitalized by the vaccines than COVID itself, no matter what age group you are in. You are 20 times as likely to be hospitalized by the shots if you're under the age of 40 than by COVID itself. And there is the NIH, uh, NIH study. ICANN has been set up a website where you can finally view the CDC's VSAFE data online. The data was released October 3rd, 2022 under a court order. And here's the data. Click. There it is. Here's the data right there. And we can put this in the chat. Vince, if you want to go ahead and copy and paste that. I got this right here. Boom. And there's the data right there. So total 10,108,273 individual users, um, health impacts, adverse health impacts. There's your numbers, 800,000, 1.3 million, 1.2 million. And you can check. Now I'm curious, impact See, you can't search death here. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Imagine that. 400,000 required, uh, uh, required medical care after the Pfizer vaccine. If we went Moderna, that's another. So it's split between them. 0.7. Wow, that's just unbelievable. Individuals impacted. Unbelievable right there. But there's so if anybody's like you don't have data that the vaccine's bad, there you go. Just send them there. Yeah. Right. Like we need that. one of those for election fraud too. <laughs> should be absolutely. And, and what did Fauci say today? Let's listen to him. As immune compromise, first of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with COVID. Whether or not you wear a mask, or another thing we shouldn't underestimate is testing. So when we're gathering at a family gathering for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for any other holiday as we get into the winter, it makes sense that you might want to get a test that day before you come into a place in which you might be infected and spread it or other people who might be there in order to protect. So this masking is important, but you can count masking, vaccine, boosting, testing. All of that is part of the spectrum of protecting yourself and he even looks like a, a Satan's little helper, doesn't he? He looks like a little creepy elf, yeah. He, he does look like a creepy little elf. You, you know what's interesting about that is now he's talking about testing. Um, right. One thing I'll put out there is that Bill Gates bought that major testing company that produces COVID-19 tests. Um, I would not be getting COVID-19 tests. Listen, if you're sick, you're sick. Just start your regimen of what you normally do. I, 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 this is not medical advice. This is my own personal. I would not get tested. I've never, I never been have tested. and never will. Never have, never will. Uh, because I guarantee you, remember we suspected that those tests were actually making people sick? Yeah, same with the masks. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Jean Pierre got freaking startled today. Listen to this. When, uh, 
<laughs> Someone was asking Fauci some questions. <laughs> only, only I hear the question. I hear your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. This is the disrespectful. It is. I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. I'm done with you right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're not doing this the way that you want to. She think sounds of, like a child, dude. But think about that. I feel thing. like her mother should walk up with a shoe and just grab her by the wrist and just throw her in the corner and say, you sit there the rest of the hour, young lady. But think about she this. Ridiculous. Free yeah. speech, the First Amendment, the, the freedom of the press mm-hmm. was meant to keep the government in check. When yes. the government controls the process of how you can speak and when you can speak, you no longer mm-hmm. have free speech. And that's what KJP just proved right there. What an effing pinko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a pinko. Definitely, dude. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. <laughs> dude, Versus- it's disgraceful. Yeah. Let's listen to more Fauci here. vaccinated and unboosted versus vaccinated plus boosted that doesn't mean you shouldn't get boosted but the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated so that's where we expect if we're going to see a problem this winter it's going to be vaccinated it's going to be an unvaccinated people and unboosted versus i disagree fauci you know who he looks like who hold on i gotta find i gotta see if i can find this the little uh the little golem dude from Lord of the Rings? Nope, nope. Spiegel? There you go. The Crypt Keeper. I don't know. I, I think I think that they're spot on. This, this is what Anthony Fauci looks like. <clears throat> the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. I'm I'm pretty sure. Close. I'm pretty sure. I think they're close. That's who he reminds me of. Oh my gosh. He's so, sick. He is sick. This is White House COVID response director. Let's listen to what he has to say. But it's going to take all of us to make that happen. So please, don't wait. Get your COVID shot. Get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. Get one in each arm if you want. Go to vaccines.gov, and let's do everything we all can to protect the American people. What good little genocide pushers. God gave you two arms. You want to know why God gave you two arms, Vince? I, 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 I'm well aware. So you could hold a rifle. <laughs> that's beautiful i love it <laughs> why he gave you if you only give you one arm you can only hold a pistol okay because you gotta you gotta protect yourself you're... against the real nazis against the real people that are producing a holocaust what a pinko <laughs> pinko alert all right oh. let's listen to dr peter mccullough we are deep in trouble now because uh, there is a clear recognition that this myocarditis in some people can lead to a scar. The scar is a small area of like a scar you see on your skin, but the electricity goes down and when it goes through the scar, it, de- it depolarizes slowly, then it loops up and it forms reentry. And when reentry occurs during a normal cardiac depolarization, that's the nidus for ventricular tachycardia or VT, and that is an, a heart rhythm in me or you, that can be well over 200 beats a minute. It starts to make us dizzy. And if we don't do something, it degenerates to ventricular fibrillation. And then we're gone. We're on the floor and CPR is started. And if you've seen any of these montages of these athletes, when this happens, they go down like a rock. They can't even hold out their hands to protect themselves. We're just absolutely mm-hmm. slamming to the floor. We have seen uh, montage after montage of people having sudden uh, cardiac death is called sudden adult death syndrome. Yeah, crazy. And you know, myself and and Asim Alhotra, a prominent cardiologist in the UK, have come up with the same conclusion: that when we see a young person now, who's previously healthy, no antecedent illness, and they suddenly die, and the two patterns are dying in sleep, typically from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., mm-hmm. or dying during sports. By the way, both of those time periods, there's a rise in norepinephrine, epinephrine, which is probably a internal trigger for this. Um, and there's no suicide, there's no drug overdose, there's no motor vehicle accident. It is the COVID-19 vaccine 
and subclinical myocarditis, like in the Gill paper, until the parents come out or the family comes out and they tell us otherwise. And the family can clear this up, Del. If they come out and say, listen, they didn't take the vaccine, okay, we'll, 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 we'll lay down our concern. But let's be conservative yes. and assume right now that these are fatal vaccine-induced myocarditis cases. We are Wow. Yeah, I thought that was interesting about the scarring and the long-term effects. Yeah, he lost his medical license. This is the Ridiculous. most published cardiologist in the world, world-renowned cardiologist, okay? Most published cardiologist in the world, well-respected. And simply because he stood up and said, there's something wrong with this, demonized. Wow. And I'm telling you, you put all this together, global economic collapse along with something like that, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Oh, so today is uh, November 22nd. Yes, it is. Do, do you know what this is the, the anniversary of? JFK passed away. Well, he didn't pass away. He, he got blown away. But uh, yeah. back into the left. Back into mm -hmm. the left. Mm -hmm. Back into the left. You know, anniversary. for somebody who dabbles in physics, you might think that that gunshot probably came from somewhere, you know, over there. Back into the left. Back into the left. Gunshot. Back into the left. Back into the left. Gunshot. I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh. Rest in peace, Mr. President. Through your wisdom and strength, since your tragic death, patriots have planned, installed, and by the grace of God, activated the beam of light. We will forever remember your sacrifice. May you look down from above and continue to guide us as we ring the bell of freedom and destroy those who wish to sacrifice our children, our way of life, and our people. We the people, prayer set every night, every single day in the Oval Office. JFK and secret societies, where we go one, we go all. You know, that was the, the original coup of our country. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. It had been working for a long time. You remember McCarthy in the 50s came out and said we had been infiltrated by communism. Do you know what happened to McCarthy, Joseph McCarthy? No. Many people don't know. He died. Do you know how he died? A pinko murder? He's a pinko murder. So he's an American politician who served as a Republican U.S. Senator from the state of Wisconsin in 1947 until his death in 1950. Seven. Beginning in the 1950s, McCarthy became the most visible public face of a period in the United States in which the Cold War tensions fueled fears of widespread communist subversion. He is known for alleging that numerous communists and Soviet spies and sympathizers had infiltrated the U.S. federal government universities in film industries and elsewhere. Ultimately, he was censored for refusing to cooperate with and abusing members of the committee established to investigate whether or not he should be censored. The term McCarthyism Coined the 1950s as a reference to McCarthy's practices, was soon applied to similar anti-communist activities. Today, the term is used more broadly to mean demagogic. Okay, well, what about his death? Let's let's find here. McCarthy died at Bethesda Naval Hospital on Thursday, May 2nd, 1957, at the age of 48, quite young. Mm. His death certificate listed the cause of death as hepatitis acute cause unknown. Previously, doctors had not reported him to the critical condition. It was hinted in the press that he died of alcoholism, cirrhosis of the liver, an estimation that is now accepted by modern biographers. Um, so what's interesting about this, and you can go find the information, <clears throat> is that he was poisoned. Hmm. So he didn't die of cirrhosis. So, you know, cirrhosis of the liver and hepatitis are two different things. An autopsy will easily figure that out. From what we've heard in our channels is that he was poisoned and died. I believe it, man. Mm-hmm. And then you had that Democrat senator. He was uh, the head of the John Birch Society. He died in that plane crash over Georgia. Remember that? I mean, this is what they do. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. McCarthy was right. McCarthy was not wrong, guys. You have to understand that. At least from what I've seen. I think that's something to investigate right there. That'd be a great show to just bring on people and talk about McCarthyism. Oh my gosh. I wonder if Mark Shaw. 
Oh, that'd be a great point for Mark Shaw. But I mean, that's really where it started. I mean, because right after that, that's when JFK came in and they formed their full coup, full circle coup. I mean, the bankers had basically raped and pillaged the country. 1933 is the 20-year anniversary of the Federal Reserve where the charter ended. The United States went bankrupt because they called in all the loans. So the United States had to go out there and create fake money. <clears throat> they, they basically confiscated all the gold, paid to it to the Federal Reserve because that's the only form of payment that the bankers would actually accept. And then, you know, 17 years later, you have communism infiltrating our whole country, and this comes after FDR's New Deal, which was socialist in its whole perspective. And so maybe McCarthy was right. And look at where we are. Look where we are now. Yep. Trudeau says he was never briefed on China's election meddling. Of course he wasn't. He because it, it benefited him. <laughs> He's a damn liar too. That's yeah. why. Here. Back in Ottawa, there have been a lot of questions in the House of Commons uh, about the issue of alleged Chinese interference in the 2019 election, and, and have been a number of answers from your ministers who were there. Uh, what's preventing your government from giving more information on who those 11 people are? Okay. Uh, our government has always taken very seriously the responsibility of protecting Canadians, of working with our security agencies uh, to do everything we can to keep Canadians and our institutions uh, safe against foreign interference. I have asked my officials to examine these media reports and uh, give all the possible answers, everything they can, to the parliamentary committee uh, that's looking into this. But let me be clear. I do not have any information, nor have I been briefed, on any federal candidates receiving any money from China. Except for yourself. <laughs> I mean, why, why would he want to be briefed on it? Yeah, why is he going to brief himself about his plan? Um, this is just him setting, up, setting himself up for plausible deniability when the shit mm -hmm. comes crashing down and people start getting held accountable yeah. in the perfect future. Now, I'm going to kind of switch gears. I'm going to go to Colorado Springs and we're going to talk about the Club Q. Did, did, have you covered this at all? Hardly. Okay, so the Club Q shooting, folks. Firstly, you notice how you're not seeing how he was a radical right winger anywhere? No, right. Um, only things that I've seen is that he was an opium addict and that he was potentially on psychotropic uh, uh, pharmaceutical drugs for depression. Um, mm -hmm. He was in full body armor. Which, by the way, this, the drugs and shooters go hand in hand, and that's a common factor in a lot of these mass shootings mm -hmm. okay so I didn't know this i didn't hear any of that i i was confused honestly josh when it came out this is the extent i've covered and i yeah. told them this morning and yesterday there was so much contradicting information different pictures we i don't even know who it was i'll be honest with you um i haven't seen a picture of the guy either um we do know it's what happened strange. yeah it, it's very strange that more information has not come out about him um, yes. but a little bit of the information we got was this guy. Um, this is Richard Fierro. He was at a table in club Q with his wife, daughter, and friends on Saturday. So he's obviously not gay, but he was probably there supporting his daughter or something of like that. Right. Um, okay. they're watching the drag show when a sudden flash of gunfire ripped across the nightclub, his instincts from combat deployments as an army officer, he was a major in the U S army kicked in and he ran up to the shooter Grabbed him by the back of his uh, um, his Kevlar vest, uh, of his uh, body armor vest, and I, I guess the dude weighed like 300 pounds. Dragged him to the ground, got on top of him, and just started beating him. And the, the guy grabbed his gun, his pistol, and the, this army veteran grabbed the kid's pistol and just started beating him with it. No kidding. Yeah. This guy's a hero. And I don't wow. care if he's left or right or whatever his beliefs are. This guy's a hero, man. He saved lives. And, you know, it, it's sad to the, see all this unfolding because this kid walked in there, full body armor, AR-15, and started shooting people. Dude, that's fucked up. That's wrong. Do you want to know what? How many, how many shootings do you see, okay, like this in third world countries? Oh, I've never heard of many. You don't see any. You want to know why? I know the only thing I could think of is 
an occasional uh, bombing. Right. But you want to know why you don't see this type of stuff in the majority of third world countries? If you do, it's most likely gang or cartel violence. Okay? Mm -hmm. But you don't see it in schools. You don't see it in banks. You don't see it in nightclubs. I don't know why. It's not targeted. It's not... Because each one of those companies have armed security guards with fully automatic weapons at the door and inside the place. I've been to my share of third world countries, and I can confirm Mm -hmm. this wholeheartedly. You walk into a bank, there's probably four security guards in there, each corner, all with fully automatic weapons. You go into a school, guess what? Very well guarded. Children are guarded. Yeah. They don't have gun-free zones. Yep. You go into into a nightclub, police are walking around, fully automatic Mm -hmm. weapons. Why? They don't put up a shit. That's simple. Yeah, I could fuck around and find out policy. Yep. So this is interesting. So you have Senator Hickenlooper, who's the former governor, okay, coming out now and saying we need red more red we need national red flag gun laws. And didn't he even say, I don't know how he got his gun, but we need more red flag laws. Yep. Well not only that is Polis, the, the governor of Colorado, okay, by the way, who's openly gay is now in the running for 2024 presidential. This is a guy who beat himself up in his own car and then went to the news. I don't know if people heard about this. Yeah. But he, when he was a state congressman, and uh, it was something about gay hate and hate crimes, he beat himself mm-hmm. up in his car. People watched it happen. And then he got out there and said someone attacked him and it was gay, gay, uh, gay hate. And he's potentially going to become president. And then, so we got Colorado saying that. And then here we go. After being elected for second term, Governor Whitmer pushes sweeping gun control legislation. Seeks to enact stricter gun control laws. It's going to be where no one in the state of Michigan will own a gun. This will not solve crime because criminals will have guns and innocent people will uh, die. I agree with that. Um, This is from the Patriot Alert. Let's go ahead and open this up. Oh my God, we're almost out of time. <laughs> yeah, we do have the Battle of the Streams cracked. Okay, off. I'm going to j- get into that. Um, the incumbent governor won a re-election to a second term after defeating Republican challenger, conservative com- commentator Tudor Dixon, which we know she didn't win. We know Tudor actually won this. Um, and she is going to be trying to pass a Democratic gun bill such as Senate Bill Number 856, a red flag law, which would allow the judge to authorize police to seize guns deemed to a risk to themselves and others. And so do you see the trend that's going on here? Okay, red flag gun laws, red flag gun laws, false flags, um, school shootings, nightclub shootings, red flag gun laws, red flag gun laws. I see it. I, I, you know, I explained this to a patriot the other day, and I said, mm-hmm. I said they're not going to come in and just take your guns away overnight. What's going to happen is you're going to have 20,000 federal agents ascend all throughout the country at 4 o'clock in the morning with no knock warrants and take out the leaders of militias, take out the leaders Mm. of various groups. And here's the thing, is if your neighbor was being raided by 20 FBI agents in the middle of the night, what would you do? Right. Nothing. And that's how it's going to happen, one at a time. Boom, 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 boom. That's how they'll get it. And that'll be done through red flag gun laws, guaranteed. Better not. Yeah, well, that's what they're pushing for. They are, clearly. And and here you go. Here's your your gunning for for us. Biden administration continues arming more federal agents than members of the U.S. military. Why? According to the report by the Federalist, the Biden regime appears to be arming more agents than U.S. Marines, adding the idea that agencies are empowered to effectively create their their own laws and go out and enforce them with armed federal agents. This should be alarming. Congress authorized $80 billion this year to beef up the IRS enforcement and staffing. Uh, Kevin McCarthy warned that Democrats' new army of 87,000 IRS agents will be coming for you. Um, So here's my thoughts on this. Barack Obama wanted to create a national police force. And what happened is, is he started arming federal agencies that typically shouldn't be armed. And he started compiling massive amounts of 
uh, ammunition and gun training. That's what they're getting prepared for. 20,000 agents all throughout the United States arresting 20,000 people. Middle of the night, no knock warrants with help of local authorities. And then the next night, then the next night, then the next night. And next thing you know, all these organizations that are out there saying, protect your guns, all their leaders are gone. That's what you're going to see. Yep. All right. Let's go to the battle of the streams. I appreciate you guys for all the donations. It's one way to help keep us alive. The other ways to help us is to go join socialredpill.com. That's our private social network. If you want to support us with subscription there, you can, as well as go on over to redpills.tv and subscribe. Those are the best ways to support us or go to our affiliates, to our, our partners here. Mike Lindell, if you guys are shopping at my coffee or my pillow, use that promo code RPP. If you're going to you know, looking to get in the gold and silver, Dr. Kirk Elliott, getgoldtoday.com or 720-605-3900. All that info's on our website. Check them out. Uh, Barber's Lines Matter. Nate just bought a gold tier subscription. Thank you so much, Nate. You're awesome, man. Uh, Patriot of Pisces gifted a one-month subscription to the users in the channel. Thank you so much, Patriot of Pisces. Deselect gifted five one-month subscriptions to users in the channel. Thank you so much, Deselect. Uh, Lighttime just donated one diamond. Thank you so much, Lighttime. Deselect gifted five one-month subscriptions to users in the channel. Thank you so much, Deselect. Um, we got RPG3573 donated two ice cream. Thank you so much, RPG. Grismo7 celebrated a 15-month subscription streak. Thank you so much, Grismo, and donated three diamonds. Thank you so much, Grismo7. Gump, $1 on Rumble. I hope to shut that rail system down. I do too, Gump. Another dollar from Gump. Let's reach the precipice faster. I think we're at the precipice right now, Gump. Honestly, that's my opinion. He also donated another $1. We enjoyed our alone time with Vince. Well, you might have some more alone time with Vince coming up. I got a lot of stuff happening here, but appreciate you, Gump. Thank you so much. Vader369 gifted the ship. Thank you so much, Vader369. RPG3573 donated two lemons. Thank you so much, RPG. Fringe Weller donated 117 gold pills. Thank you so much, Fringe Weller. You are awesome. Vader369, three cookies. Thank you so much, Vader3. Four cookies. Thank you so much, Vader369. And I'm actually going to see if I can get in here. Um, And what we're going to do, the precipice faster, I think, is we're going to go ahead and release the scratching. There you guys go, unpilled. Releasing the scratch, and even if we go offline, you should get all those pills. Much appreciated. Um, hey, guys, we ran out of time. We still got more news, but we're going to cover that tomorrow night. No After Dark chat tonight. Uh, there will be a chat tonight, so you can go to the platform. You can go to the events tab. You can join the social Red Pill Zoom. I might be oh, on yeah. later. I got a lot of cleaning to do and get a lot of stuff prepped. I got tons of boxes I got to go through, um, but uh, we're probably going to shoot for that Thursday or Friday night. I'll keep you guys updated. Mark Atwood, Friday night. We're going to be talking about a lot of fringe topics. It's going to be an awesome show and conversation. Um, and then we'll be back with you tomorrow. So much love, respect. God bless. Thank you, Vince Taglavia, for joining me tonight. All of you My guys pleasure. out there, much love, respect. God bless. Take care. Have a good night.